in terms of preparation, is is very different. In in a club scenario, you can do a tactical periodization because you will have either two matches a week or a match per week. So you go through through what we call today extensive, intensive, small side of games, like really small side of game or large, medium sort of small side of games, and then you. As you have a routine and you have a week to prepare, you can plan your lifts, your strength sessions accordingly. Like if you're doing, I don't know, my scenario is if I do a high-speed run session and we do that on, on Wednesdays, which is an extensive day. Hello and welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Make sure if you haven't already to subscribe to my YouTube channel to receive a notification and never miss a live interview. I hope you enjoyed this interview and please share with a friend or a teammate that you think will value this episode. Let's go. Hello, my name is Jack McClee. I'm your host and today my guest is Claudio Alteri, the Head of Performance at Loudoun United Football Club. Today's key topic will be all about the differences in match demands between club and national football teams so make sure to get the notepad out if you're listening in live either on linkedin facebook or youtube you can hit the comment section below and send in your questions and i'm I'm sure we'll find some time a bit later on to answer them but thanks for jumping on claudia really looking forward to our chat mate oh thank you thank you and as i say before thank you to to make your time it's more than more than a pleasure it's a privilege to to be here and and we 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 spoke before you had great names into your podcast so thank you very much for this yeah you're definitely adding to the list of great names so oh, it's an honor, honor to have you on yeah you came well, well recommended so yeah really looking forward to it i mean many will no doubt know your background claudio but for those that aren't aware do you mind providing i guess where it all started for you your passion for high performance and then some job experiences and along the way i guess from your journey in strength and conditioning Sure, sure, sure. Well, first of all, a, a little bit of personal life is like I was born in, in Venezuela, in South America, and then 2009, I moved to Australia. The intention was to to learn English and go back, but I loved it, and then I decided to stay. Ended up doing English courses, of course, and then personal training. And then I saw the opportunity to do the bachelor's degree at the Australian Catholic University. And I completed that in 2013, 14, if I remember well, and then moved to the ECU strength and conditioning master degree. Ended up that in 2016, great program across, you know, a lot of, like a lot of people that I spoke with, highly recommended. And I work at the NNU, Australian National University, then Football New South Wales. That's, that's how I started with, let's say, uh, permanent part-time with with football in Australia under the guidance of Craig Foster. And then in 2017, I got a call from the Indian national team and I moved to India. I did a year in India as assistant strength and conditioning coach or rehab uh, coach. Then from there, I went to China to two and a half years until COVID. And then while I was in COVID, in lockdown in, in Australia, I got a call from a head coach called Stern John and we we did the Caribbean Islands. I went to Anguilla and then to Grenada national teams and then I ended up in the in the USL championship under the guidance of Ryan Martin and I've been here since end of January this year. So it's been a little bit of traveling, but yeah, big time. Yeah, great experiences, great coaches, great practitioners, and amazing players to work with, for sure. Yeah. Such a, a wide range of different cultures and, and experiences and the same sport. I mean, it is obviously the world the world game. It, was that your intention when starting out, to, to uh, travel and experience all different? Or did that sort of, is that just where it led? No, no I think... When you when you're doing your bachelor's or your your master degree, you're thinking, "Oh, I just want to finish my master degree." You think, "Oh, I'm gonna apply for a job." They like the fact that I got qualifications, and then you're gonna go and I don't know to big teams, and then that's how you're gonna stick there until you win the Champions League or a World Cup. Yeah. But it really straight to bed, you know. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. You 
you go, you finish, you obviously you approach by your your practical hours and, and your experiences and your qualifications. But then at some point you go, okay, well, I got to finish this job and then move to the next one. And you go level by level, step by step. That's kind of the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great way and good, great advice for those starting out. Absolutely. You got to build, build your experiences wherever you can get them for sure. And then going back to your journey, who have been some strong influences, mentors, if you like, that have helped shape your philosophy? Yeah. Sure. First of all, and not least important, I think my, my parents, I, I, I gotta, I gotta thanks. I, I gotta thank them for, for it because as they support me, of course. And along the travels and the way, and obviously when I went to Australia the first time, but they give me a little bit of pressure as well. So, so that was kind of, sort of like a kind of nice in a in sort of way. But then yeah. now moving into the career as a, as a strength and conditioning coach or head of performance, I see, you know, big influence from, from Dan Baker in Australia, obviously as a sports scientist, Darren Burgess, and then couple of practitioners that I had the, the the privilege to to share a lot with them. One is John Cobiela based in Melbourne, Adam Waterson at LA Galaxy, Alex Calder at Dynamo Houston. And, and I'm sorry if I forget names right now, but now moving into into soccer, into football, also like head coaches. One of them Steven Constantine in, in India at the Indian national team. Stern John for sure, Stan John, the Caribbean Islands, big influence, former player, a lot of discipline, a lot of demands from him, a lot of challenges with him, and it really, really helped me to exceed, uh, exceed and, and succeed. Craig Foster, big one in Australia as well. Like I remember times with him that we had conversation and and you know like we didn't agree and and, and you know like. It's a, he's the gaffer and you have to sort of like, okay, this is challenging for me. And, and right now with Ryan Martin at, um, at the USL club, Loudoun United. So, so it's a mix of, yeah, family and, and SNC coaches and, and head coaches as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great mix. And, um, looking back over your career, the particular highlights that spring front of mind that you're most proud of. Yeah. Um, I would say to qualify with India national team to the to make the qualifications to the asian cup after 64 years and i remember yeah i remember the camps they were long and intense and and with a lot of pressure and and i was challenged quite a lot also i was in a really new environment like i was really 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 out of my comfort zone and and then from there, I would say then, then the biggest highlights as well is like to create new, new, like sort of high performance environments across the programs that I've been, how, you know, to call a player and to be brought into what we want as a practitioner. And I can mention China for sure, the Caribbean islands and, and in here as well. So, so. India probably the biggest one, but then the little ones across across the road in a, a long time. And on the flip side, obviously, like you mentioned, with elite sport comes pressure. What have been some significant or most challenging um, situations that you faced, and how did you sort of learn and, and grow from those challenges? I think that it, well, in, in terms of challenge, is 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 when when you you go through through the studies and you go through like your books and you you want to and you read your papers you go sort of like oh this is what i want to do this is the planning this is how i need to do it and i must do it like this and then when you go into reality and you have say 30 players from different you know backgrounds and different mentality and different kind of way of thinking daily and and also like the environment changes across your program then the frustration comes into you is you become like more like oh okay i need to do this and this is the way i'm doing it and then to be flexible and when i started to be more flexible then then the challenge easy up a little bit so i think kind of like going replying to your question is like 
sort of be adaptable at the beginning, it was the biggest challenge for me. I wasn't that adaptable at the beginning. I thought, oh, I don't know, I need to track the, you know, RPEs and I need to put GPS to everyone. Whereas now it's like, no, not really. I mean, yes, is it really important if you have it? Of course, we use it, but you adapt to it. Yeah. Yeah, you adapt yeah. to it. Yeah, I love that. That's such great advice uh, for for anyone in, in anything, any pursuit uh, of performance and excellence. It's, um, well, we'll dive straight into the the key topic. Um, I guess to kick it off, an open question is what what are sort of the different de- match demands um, between club football and and national football teams, and how does that it sort of influence your preparation? Sure. The head of yeah. For sure. Well. In terms of preparation, is is very different. In in a club scenario, you can do a tactical periodization because you will have either two matches a week or a match per week. So you go through through what we call today extensive, intensive, small sided games, like really small sided game or large, medium sort of small sided games, and then you. As you have a routine and you have a week to prepare, you can plan your lifts, your strength sessions accordingly. Like if you're doing, I don't know, my scenario is if I do a high-speed run session and we do that on, on Wednesdays, which is an extensive day, then I complement that on posterior chain. And and you know that next day, Thursday, you got to sort of, I'll be careful, but you 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 plan a medium space kind of session and then you know you recover your ice bath and and then you lead to friday with with match day minus one which is so super easy and and, and super fun as well and then the and and you have the ability to track your players week by week you have them full time no problems and when you go to 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 the national team you see the players when they come from from the clubs and they come on on camp so the window of opportunity to develop something is re- very very small and and the the reality is that you if you have a large camp which is probably the 12 weeks i think i remember in india we did you probably have opportunity to develop but at the same time you don't follow a tactical periodization necessarily you can do two days on a high speed runs. You can do two days on on based acceleration deceleration kind of drills based, and you can really do double sessions and and overload them. And the reality is, and this is sounds very, I wouldn't say silly, but this is kind of selfish as a as a co- as coaches is that if someone in a national team camp has an injury then you will call someone else because that's the you don't have to you have yeah you don't have time to do the whole rehabbing and you will call someone else and and as talent and no disrespect but that's the reality so and you with us yeah yeah you 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 can risk you really can risk injury at the national team not that you would and i'm not saying that please don't don't take that into but but you can really prepare in to to the worst case scenario and at the same time like in the environments that have been the lack of facilities like a lack of uh, a really nice gymnasium has been a challenge like in india for instance and no disrespect or the caribbean islands to have like 25 players to be in in the gym was a challenge you might use a gym gym hotel and and you have to your programming is different your your practical application is extremely different to what you really apply it goes back to like what you said at the start are your expectations compared to the reality are so different when you're studying and then you find yourself in a new country with limited resources and <laughs> different. yeah absolutely yeah. and i will give you a scenario i will give you a scenario we we would have we would have i remember we would have blocks of five six boys coming into the gym at the at the hotel and then obviously the first one will start at eight o'clock in the morning and finish eight thirty. But by the end of it it's eleven o'clock where you've done all of them, your reports and, and everything. And obviously who started at eight and then needs to go and train at two PM 
is different than who train at 11 and has to go and train at two. So sort of, but like, obviously you go, okay, everyone did the gym session, but in reality it's, well, you know, one did it at 8 a.m. and the other one did it at 11. So your sets are different, your repetitions are different, your exercise selection is different. And, and that can be very, like, you really need to be adaptable for your, for where you are in your context. That's yeah. an example. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's great. Great example. And what about recovery post-game? Is there any differences that you take into account for club, uh, a club team compared to a national team? Yes, for sure. For sure. And I will give you, and this is something I learned this year. Like, I, I, I've never been into a scenario where you fly six hours for a game, you play the game, so you, you fly six hours a day before, then you have a much day minus one session, then you play the game, and then you fly back the next day. So any six hours, six hours from, I don't know Australia is pretty big, six hours is like a lot of people go from, say, I don't know, Spain to Russia or something like that, or, or you can go from, you know, New York and to London in two, in, 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 not six hours, but in eight hours, yeah. So mm-hmm. the environment plays a big role. Where where is the the weather conditions, the flying time, the time zones? Because that's another challenge we had here at the USL, where you have we flew all the way from Washington to El Paso, and it, El Paso right now is three hours behind. So your game output is going to be completely different, and. Of course, yes, my recovery strategy in this scenario has been extremely different than any other. And one of them has been, I was so big before coming here on, on going with the boys and get the recovery session done. And, and obviously when you are like with them all the time, you want them to get it through, like you go through mobility to some, some sort of contracts and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes we land here on on Sundays and then we have Monday off and then you come from a long trip like that and then most of the players here they live in a, in a good apart com, um, complex so you go and and they tell you like I want to do my recovery by my own and and you understand that they they will they will do it so going back and replying to your question before I was more into like I I need to do my recovery protocol with them and being based and this is what I will target on the recovery. Whereas now it's like I understand that number one factor to to of recovery is sleep and they will do it because they're responsible. So this is the protocol you use it because the environments are so different that you have to give flexibility. I don't know if that reply my my question in terms of yeah, national no. team. National team was easier because you have you have everyone for a camp. You can you can do you know of course you can do ice bath. You can do a session a full recovery session in the on the field, no problems. And the the players are there with you, and you know they 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 will do it. Whereas here is they have a life as well out of football. And what about the performance sort of medical department? So that, do they vary between club and national level in terms of support you have? Yeah, how do they sort of compare or are they very similar? Well, in, in a national team, you have a lot of people will e- that will email you and they want to have a little bit of participation for it, like mm-hmm. different agencies, different physios that will email you about the player. And, and you have a lot of people that you, you communicate with uh, especially, you know, like where you have 20 guys coming from 20 different teams. Obviously, they are full-time with the clubs and, and it's, you got to understand their program. You have to understand if they're playing or not. You're going to understand every single, not every single, but most of the, 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 the numbers behind, like if they're training, how long, all that kind of stuff. Whereas here is, is different. We have a medical department that is, is based here with with voice daily we are very lucky as a loud united to 
to be part of DC United, which is our first team that's kind of in the MLS. So we have staff in there, well-prepared staff that, you know, that you can consult and, and then they, the place can kind of cross over and they can see a physio from the first team or why not. So in a national team, when you're traveling, it's maybe four, five, six of you and that, that's it. And the match demands, I guess, for a midfielder or a winger. Sure, 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 sure yes. Yeah. Like for like for positions, do they, yeah. you know, if, if the same player is playing club football and then the same yeah. player plays national, is there a different GPS report? Their, their match outputs yeah. are, are different or, or are they similar? Yeah, I would say it will all start with the, the formation, all right? So the formation will dictate the output in terms of, let's say, two two players uh, playing in a, either club and national team or vice versa, with the same formation, the national team demand is greater, is greater than the club. Okay, and and the one of the main factors is on a national team level, you have the most talented players from each nation, and you have an international competition where I think the sort of pride of qualifying or winning that game comes into it. So the psychological aspect will come into it. And if you are, you know, one zero down and you need to score a goal in the, and you are on the 80th minute, no matter what, because you have a, your, your national team shirt, you will go for it. doesn't matter if you have, you're feeling your hamstring or you're feeling any type of physical inconvenience, let's say, you will go for it. And and you will see that on the GPSs, you will see that on on your high rate stats and stuff like that. And a player will never tell you sub or not. And actually, a player will be like, "Oh no, come on, <laughs> I don't mean I don't want to be out of the game because I want to give everything." So yeah. yes, national team is 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 different Sorry. in terms of of the of the output. I would I would say fifteen twenty percent difference. Oh wow. So significant. Yeah. 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 It's a little bit. Yeah. And what about your approach as a as a coach and a manager? Like is it does it require different demands, different skill sets? Where you compared to I guess if you're in the same role, so if you're head of performance at an international level compared to head of performance at a club? Yeah. Uh, or are there more similarities and differences? Oh yeah, for sure in here you can you can afford to lose games. So your internal pressure as a coach is, is less because you're like, okay, well, we're going to, I don't know, I'll give you Monterey Bay and we play, you know, West Coast and and you know all these factors, traveling, the time zone, the environment, or then their home, you know, you play away from, from home, no fans, no local fans, and you are like, okay, well, we plan, of course, to win. And you plan as a, as a, as a practitioner, of course, the best four-day performance but you know on the back of your head like oh well if we draw doesn't really matter if we lose oh tough luck but if we a draw is fine in a national team setting there's not such a thing it's like either you win or you don't qualify for the next you know stages big stages which is i remember CONCACAF and asian the Asian qualifications in 2017. Like if you wouldn't won a game in Macau, I think, yeah, I was, we wouldn't qualify. And obviously you you have the pressure as a practitioner. You have, you automatically, you, you give that impression to players, the players feel it and they know that they have to go for it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Thank you for that, that's a, a great insight. And what about from a area of focus, like you mentioned those 12 week camps where it's, it's quite cutthroat, it's ruthless, you're really pushing the boundaries of what's physically possible. How did you best learn to maximize a 12 week camp if you've never run one before? Like obviously now you've had a few under your belt, but the first time was that leaning on practitioners that you, you know, I guess mentors, or was that a bit of trial and error? Yeah, talk us through your mindset for preparing for your first sort of national level camp i think it was a combined it was, it was really combined of 
of feelings because it was really my first kind of international experience. I had, you know, this bag of full of energy and wanted to do so much and not understanding so well the, the Indian culture until I got there. And after the first week where I was like, oh, I don't admit it. I need to slow down a little bit. I need to realize where I am and I need to focus now of what I want. I would have, you, in a national team camp, you have <clears throat> like senior, older senior players and then you have a medium range age players and then you have youth players. So obviously those ones that you can really have a window, a big window of opportunity is your youth, like the, the new ones, the, the youngsters, like let's call it. Then the medium range, you can call one or two every now and then and be like, okay, we do this. And the senior ones that they've been there for so long and they're big names in the country, you don't really go unless, you know, they want, they come at you, okay? So in sort of my approach, how it was, is like I divided these three groups and then I saw who could do more, who was okay with the program and who is like, okay, well, hang on, this is a player that has been here so long. And I remember going through like a lot of, and this is reading from books and, and coming out of the ECU program is like, oh, you need to lift you know, you need to lift every day or like three, four times a week on a back squad and feeling super strong and you're never strong enough and all that kind of stuff. And then I started that way until maybe the fourth week where I went like, hang on a minute. It's not really necessarily and I don't have a squat rack and I can apply a very different methods to, to get the player to play football, that's what they want. That's what I need to provide my coach to play football. They don't really need to be two times, they don't need to be lifting two times body weight on the back squat, but then they can't play football. So you start to adapt that kind of like mentality. And then I started with very simple stuff, like, well, let's adjust like linear sprinting, linear acceleration. Can we do drills on the field for everyone? that they, they can, you know, do it during a warm-up that I can do, that everyone can, you know, run in a better technique, adjust the accelerations and deceleration, and this will definitely impact the the game and the way they they are on the field. And they, they can still do it in, on, on a football scenario. So so you, you just adapt kind of. Yeah, yeah that's great. And they're, they're going back to the three groups he created – what would a typical sort of day or week look like for those groups? Are they doing different things on the field with their conditioning or yeah. is the conditioning the same and it's more just different things with injury mitigation, prevention, staff? Yeah, talk us through your planning, yeah. programming for those three groups. Yeah, sure. Like the the first group, I call it is the first group, senior players, older players, they will basically play being in this type of design warm-ups where you you challenge the linear sprinting and the, the, the running technique kind of sort of thing. And then football will do the most for them. And then that's it. They will go and with recovery with the physios. And then if you, like if the days were hard, you they, you will allow them, like not allow them because it was not a, a word allow or not, but you will go like, oh, you can jump on the pool and, you know, be there and we do this exercise on the pool, this in the afternoon, all right? And you sort of monitor if we used to do a lot of double sessions. So we would have done double session, double session, single session, then double, double, single. That's kind of our, Oops. yeah, it was brutal, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle, <laughs> I remember this would have been in the middle of Mumbai, New Delhi, Bangalore, and I have to, you know, have to mention that the head uh, SNC there was Danny Deegan, and we would have seen numbers that we were like, oh my god, that's that's a lot for them. And this is in the middle of the heat as well. So, so yeah. So the second group is more like what I mentioned before. Like you would have, say, single se like double session, and in the middle of the double session, you would have group from the young group coming into the gym. And then you would have called 
two or three from this mid mid range age group and be like, oh, today you do we do this, not tomorrow, just today, don't worry. And then for the young ones, you would have like morning session, then after the session, some sort of like drills for them to de- keep developing. Then after lunch, after the rest, after lunch, then you would have like a, a, a gym session or any session that you would think that we, we they can improve their they athletic development. Like you would have guys with, with all respect that to do a lunch was hard and you will you have to correct that you know or squat or stuff like that so you have those times that you could come 45 minutes with the young ones and then they will get ready to go to the bus to go to the next training session and then the recovery period because that's so young that the recovery period would be the not less but you wouldn't emphasize like an 18 year old player doesn't really need the same recovery time and, and strategies as a 31, 32 old player. Makes sense. Yeah. But they do need more sort of athlete development, technique work. And exactly. Time with exactly. And, and, yeah. For sure. A lot of work for you. Oh, it was a lot of I remember the day. A lot of sessions. Yeah, you start at, you know, wake up 6 a.m. and you don't go to bed until 11. But, but then qualifying was the biggest reward. Qualifying for yeah, yeah, yeah. what's the biggest reward? You're like, wow, it was worth it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Great to, yeah, like you said, to actually get the reward after all that work. Yeah. Um, so for the senior guys, they were doing double day single, double single, then double, and then th- but they get the weekend off, and then go again right, for the or. No, we would have done. We would have done double single, double single recovery day together day off day off and then back again until but we, yeah. we, we would have if i'm I, I mean I, I don't remember well the 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 friendlies we had but we would have like local friendly friendly matches and and stuff like that that you also have the game like and then for instance like on the friendly match local friendly match you would have players that they play 45 minutes they come you know they come out of the game and then you will do top ups you know or vice versa you do top ups while 11 are playing and then they go into the field like yeah you you use you use the friendly match as a training session it's sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. and in preparation for the head coaches as a tactical part of it yeah, that's great. That's it. And then going back to your sort of tactical periodization, how you mentioned you can do a lot more in the national setting. How would you sort of, what would a common week look like? Is that, you know, you mentioned two extensive sessions in one day when you're doing your AM and PM session, high speed work, but then the next yeah. day be more acceleration, deceleration sort of day. Yeah. And how would that, what would that mean for the third day of the week? Gold. No, I, I will do like, let, Again, we, we had the opportunity, and when I say we, is, is Danny Deegan, uh, the head of performance or SNC at that time, and, and myself is like, we had Steven Constantine as a head coach, and he he really he really understands the sports science, and, and if you can back it up with and justify with numbers or science, no problems. So when I say this, it's like the mornings, there were more physical demand, so we would have the high speed, let's say the two days high speed run and then say let's call it tuesday and then wednesday as a high speed run in the morning tuesday and in the morning on on wednesday but then the afternoons were more like football based more like okay what he wants to do like and for instance he would have gone through okay i want them to play but i want to focus on the tactical part i need to stop the game a lot and we, yeah, 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 no problems, no problems, because we know that we are not looking for numbers that session. Or yeah. we would have liked to do a set piece session where, you know, it's more like you know a lot of restarts, and we are not looking for numbers. Then the next day is a mixed. Would would have been a mix where you play, you know, your seventy seven, six before possessions, your play, you with 
with some sort of transitions, same V3s with transitions, and then the next day will be small and will be like two V1s and will be like, okay, I don't know, a full V4 in a small grid with, with two, you know, neutrals, stuff like that, where you, yeah, was compact and small. And the, and the gym approach was, you know, was different as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that that's a good one to feed into it. How, what would the gym approach be when you take into account your sort of physical work in the morning and your tactical work is sort of at night? Yeah, and then you. It sounds like you're doing your mixed days on those single days. Where how would the are you? How would you sort of influence your strength and yeah. work to yeah. feed into that? Yeah, and and this is I, I've been I've been using probably the same approach the same approach for about five years where mm-hmm. I went through, if you're doing an extensive day, I will compensate that with, with posterior chain, with hamstring. I, I, want, I want the sort of the posterior part to be overloaded or loaded enough on the same day. Mm-hmm. And if I'm doing a small space, acceleration deceleration then i want my anterior chain my quads and and like my adductors to be loaded on the same day and i've been going through this again the last five years and for me in my opinion has worked on a mixed day then i will have my recovery day so mixed day then in the afternoon is either pool session ice bath massages recovery with with the with the <clears throat> with the boots any any sort of sleeping like if they want to overnap not we don't have a set time for for them to be like oh you need to be here to do you know ice bath no it was set up if you want to do you know sleeping and obviously until a certain time then of course you you do that so that has been my approach so you would have a in these two days of extensive, one of them will be like, let's say super loaded or, or lo- loaded enough. The second one was more like, again, more like a technique kind of, how do you do an RDL that, you know, with all respect, an, an Indian football player of 17, 18 years old wouldn't know how to do an RDL. So you focus more on the technique sort of base. Yeah. How do you do a launch or a Bulgarian stuff like that? And then you go through on the next day, recovery and the following day you have your your quad dominant, your, you know, like like step ups or or like split squad. I know it's kind of kind of mixed that exercise between anterior posterior, but you you have that more quad dominant stuff and your Copenhagen's and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Awesome. And then what do you think are sort of some of the more common mistakes, both in national level and club land for strength and conditioning coaches that are, I guess, new to that environment? Maybe it's their first time working in a national level and they've got a lot of club experience. Yeah, what would be some of the common mistakes that are made early, I guess, or key learnings? Yeah, I think common mistakes, and, and probably I was, I, I made mistakes when I came from national teams a few, few years with the national team and I came you sort of coming from national team to club, you sort of think I have time, don't worry, during preseason and you plan very specifically and then you go, Oh, I will do this on on days that you know that I can I have a window opportunity. But reality is it's not. Like when you start the season in this week by week, you don't have the time and you have to be really flexible. And and the mistake has been of like start the season with with my boys here aloud and very like okay we need to go to the gym after the you know i remember i remember this preseason going after a friendly match the last friendly match of the season of the preseason going to to the gym and do a lift after the gym and now it's like no because the season is so long just allow them to recover allow them time for them to to develop or or to do whatever might need to do. And on the other way, on the other hand, if you go from club back into the national team, you need to understand that the demands 
it's it's greater and and the pressure is greater and 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 you have to be on on top of on top of your scenario on top of who has been in the national team longer so you don't have to kind of demand so more so much to to this player because he's well respected so and and in terms of numbers you you can't go and and say okay everyone needs to be at this level because you know your your young player is different than your older player and 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 in terms of your your warm-ups and the the conditioning part you will have for sure fitter players than the other ones and and one will be won't be your older player that is very tactical and technical and you don't have to go and do a top-up session you don't have to be and hit you know a hundred meter speed or high speed run because he doesn't really need it because he's 30 31 32 he has a hundred games i don't know for example in his career but a young one yes so you really break down your group into three whereas he maybe into two right yeah right cool that makes a lot of sense yeah we've covered a fair bit on the topic of different match demands and and the different constraints to national club is there anything you want to touch on um before we start to wrap it up claudio anything we haven't covered that you'd like to share no i mean if if i think i think both are very very exciting i think both both settings are i personally think that when you have a match every week as a practitioner is great because you are on the bench and this is a part of our role is like you're on the bench and you're looking for points and you're looking for goals and and you know it's exciting and and at the same time it's like okay you can do a lot of courses read a lot of papers and then not because it is great to read and great to to you know to learn from from a course then you go gotta go and apply at the end of the day my message across is like to understand your players and the different characters and the different context and i'll give you an example i have players here that they went through college like university here in the US and they're very athletic and they some of them they had you know contracts with MLS teams no problem and I have other players coming from you know different countries Ivory Coast Colombia so it's different it's different I can't I can't go tomorrow we we have a we have a for instance tomorrow we have a strength session in the afternoon and not everyone is doing the same because obviously they are different and and I need to obviously see how they are in the morning with with the session. You really see the the personality. If if I will give you a very very basic example, like we play at the end of a session a nine v nine or six v six, and the team has lost. I know automatically that when they go to the gym, they don't want to lift because they lost. So you are like, okay, well, you, you understand. You have to understand the sport as a not only physical physical demand but as a as a everything as a as a context as, as an environment yeah 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 keep your finger on the pulse love that yeah it's, a, it's great advice and great way to wrap it up um well last three questions from me Claudia, mindful of the time um but i guess in your work life do you have any pet peeves anything sort of fires you up from an industry perspective anything that makes you angry yeah yeah i, I have like when it's like you mean this in terms of external or in, or in general? Any, yeah, anything. Yeah, so it couldn't be. La- um, yeah, yeah, I think lack of commitment and accountability. Like if you, if you're not committing to a program, better not be here. It's a it's a sport, and 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 a lot of we have the privilege to be talking here right now, and and we talk, and and it's all about the sport and the beauty of sport and how we design programs. But when you when you go and see the real world, let's say you see people doing jobs that they are very hard and high demand and, and they don't complain as much. And, and if you are not committed as a practitioner or as a player or as an athlete or the person that belongs to the club better not be here because, again, I respect a lot people that has gone through tough moments in life, you know. That's, and accountability is like, for me, if, uh, again, it comes if you if you are there, be accountable, be be at your best, be be the greatest. Cloudy you can be every session is hard. I know it's hard, but that's 
that's the expectation I want to give to my players and, and the, the, the club that I'm in. I want to try to give the best of Claudio every day and the best of his program. Yeah. That's a great mindset. And what about favorite way to spend your day off? Yeah. Well, I'm sort of like, I love, I love soccer and I love sports. And I would say I would turn on the TV and watch highlights from now the Premier League will start in two weeks or why not and Serie A and La Liga and all that kind of stuff. But maybe going to a nice coffee shop. I know it's not Melbourne and I know we miss that in here in the US, but going through coffee shops or picking up a, a good, you know, restaurant to go and have dinner or even lunch, it's it's good for me. Or even you know, if, if I haven't worked out because I'm so busy, then go for a run, do a session myself. And if, you know, like decide to do, like here in America, you have these top golf kind of sort of facilities. You go there for, with a friend and then you go and do some sort of golf. So why not? Yeah. Plenty of activities. That's great. Um, we're in August of 2023 of this recording. What's on the horizon for you? What are you most excited about for the rest of the year? Make it. Yeah make it to playoff, make it to the playoff this this season with Loudon for the first time. And I know it's 10 games left and we're going to be there. That's fantastic. Love that. So clear in your vision. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt you guys will. All yeah. the best for those last 10 games and, and taking and, and winning that, that playoffs. But yeah, really appreciate your, your time for, for coming onto the show and, and sharing with us yeah, some stories, experiences that you've had, in, you know, probably the most experience in terms of all different countries and cultures. Thank you. Uh, had Owen, so it was great to, to share that insight. And yeah, really appreciate everyone that's tuned in live as well. If you tuned in halfway, Claudio's provided gems all the way through from the very start. So make sure to listen to the episode on YouTube and we'll release this on our podcast in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, thank you again, Claudio. And, and for everyone, our next live chat is next Thursday with Andrew Lowell. That's at 1 p.m. on the 10th of August. Yeah. Thanks again, Claudio. That's it. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content, such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, Head sports dietitian on the football club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, so I suppose it is, um, it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I yep. often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be and then game changes game changes whatever that might be and look it probably keeps me in a job but that it does drive me insane because sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and you know and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary it unravels everything that i've been working with an athlete for yeah yeah another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the prepare like a pro live chat show here's an example with academy member rama davies the friendly conditioning coach at the box hill Hawks. Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And, yeah, thanks, um, thanks, Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there, um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was, you spoke quite a bit about, um, perspective during that chat. Um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or, um, do physically that, um, you wish you either knew or did, um, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm, Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, 
um, it yeah it certainly yeah has been massive for me now and and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts, doing a, a journal every day just a bit to say what I'm grateful for, sort of three things. And um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, it might be whatever as an SNC coach, you know, if something's having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that, in that work bubble. Um, yeah. So that's, that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm. I think I was a bit single minded back then. And, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things. And, um, if I kind of didn't have that fear of, you know, asking a silly question or fear of judgment, it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker. Um, and yeah. and yeah, like just, yeah, being open to sort of different things. Um, cause you never know what you might find. It's just, yeah, there's so many people like great people out there, knowledgeable people to learn off. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you would like to learn more, then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review, or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.